Thank you for choosing to listen to episode number 34 of Kansas City Food Memories, where we sit down and talk with Joe McCabe about the very well-known and famous Romanelli's Grill over on, I think it was Warnell. Here's some great stories, but remember, this is a taped presentation of a live radio show, so do not call in or text in when prompted during this presentation. Thank you. Sit back and enjoy. Well, good morning. This is Robert Dunsing, and thank you for tuning in today to Kansas City Food Memories. We're live every Saturday at 10 a.m. to take a stroll down memory lane and talk about the good old days. We share stories about our favorite restaurants, food, people, and places from the 70s, 80s, and 90s. This show is made possible because of your support of Best Regards Bakery and Cafe. My wife, Sherry, and I absolutely love Kansas City and view this show as an extension of her bakery and restaurant. This is who we are. I originally uh, decided to call this Kansas City Food Memories, as food is what binds us all together, except we've come much more than that, and as, as you've all heard, to involve the people and the places. And if you have not yet done so, today will be a good time to put this phone number into your phone. Under KMBZ, it's 913-586-7798. And usually is this when I go to my guests, but today I have, I should ask Sam if we could get some um, breaking news music or something like that, but... I do have breaking news for the first time, so let's go to line one. Sam, who do we have? Jasper? Good oh. morning. How are you, my friend? Well, I am doing fantastic. Now, why in the world would I have breaking news involving Jasper? Uh, well, it's not just Jasper. It has something to do with an iconic restaurant in Kansas City that everybody's been waiting for us to make an announcement about. Break it. Anyone who remembers the old Apple Farm restaurant, I'm talking about Stevenson's, will surely remember the classic dishes made famous at Independence, Missouri. Well, my friends, you know what's going to happen. Thaddeus Stevenson, the grandson of, of course, the Stevenson family, and I are having a special supper club, this once-in-a-lifetime reincarnation of the famous restaurant dishes, Robert. I'm talking about Stevenson's apple butter. I'm talking about those cheese carrots we talk about, baked chicken and butter, green rice casserole, hickory smoked pork chops, baked scalloped potatoes, yes, apple fritters, frozen fruit salad, and of course, Stevenson's apple cider. It's all going to happen at Jasper's restaurant, and I'm telling you right now, I'm going to give you the date, but I just, I'm not teasing you right now. There's only a limited amount of reservations. And we really, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to do as best I can. You can go online to jasperskc.com, go to events. You can sign up. The dinner is happening October the 16th at 7 p.m. So you need to make reservations now. Because I'm telling you, these tickets are going to sell out within 30 minutes, probably. Oh, oh, without a doubt. So I'm kind of sabotaging the first half of my show. But um, listeners out there, I know you really want to go to this. So go to, was it Jaspers? Jasperskc.com. That's our website. Go there and make your reservation because I guarantee it will sell out before this show is over. Just just with the listeners here. Jasper, I so appreciate you and Thaddeus putting this together because... It's one thing to talk about the good old days, but this is going to be a chance for um, all of us or some of us to go back and relive some of those amazing dishes. 
Well, Robert, you know it's one of my favorite restaurants. Um, they're not open any longer, but we talk about them so much and fried chicken and everything else on your show. I absolutely love listening to your show, but more than that, now we get to live it. We get to live the Stevenson's experience. I have all the recipes from Mama Stevenson and Thaddeus, and mm. this man knows what he's doing, I'm telling you. Well, you, you know, Jasper, you've done a – you and um, uh, your dad have done a fantastic job creating an environment in a restaurant that's hugely successful – but I think it's wonderful that you give back to the food community doing things like this. Well, thank you, Robert. You know what? I mean, we're very, very fortunate at our restaurant, and business is very good. And you know what? It's my way of supporting the local businesses because if we don't, you know, what's going to happen? You're going to have more of these big chain restaurants, and everybody's tired of that kind of food. Yep. we got to support the local chef and local food artisans. Yep. People don't – you know, if you listen to my show, I'd say 90% of everybody, all the memories involve locally owned restaurants. People don't remember the chains. No, no doubt about it, my friend. Well, I hope everybody can get in there. I know uh, I'm looking at the website right now. I'm I'm looking at what's happening right now, and we're already down (laughs) to – okay, you ready for this? No, don't don't say – send me a text when it's sold out so I can tell people to quit trying. 24 tickets were taken the past uh, four minutes. How about that? (laughs) All right, let me know. Hey, okay, Jasper, so for everybody that out there, uh, my first – discover jasper on the radio so jasper you have your own radio show that comes up at 11 o'clock um who who are you going to be talking about today at 11 o'clock and where can they listen to you oh it's amazingribs.com. my good friend meathead golden he's absolutely a genius when it comes to barbecue we're talking labor day barbecue and more also black restaurant week is happening and the kansas city gumbo fest along with the hottest new Eight-seat restaurant is going to be announced on my show. That's right, eight-seat restaurant right here in Kansas City. It's 11 o'clock on KCMO Talk Radio. Okay, so that's the uh, the Gumbo Fest. Is that over at the Prospect with Shanita? Exactly. That, that's, uh, is she not beautiful? Oh, everything she does. She, she represents everything good about Kansas City. She really does, buddy. Uh, all right, Jasper, well, thank you for calling. Go back and uh, take care of that uh, website server you've got going. Let's get everybody taken care of. Oh, I'll do that later on. I'm listening to the show right now. I love your show, my friend. All right. Thank you, Jasper. I appreciate that. Enjoy, enjoy. Manja Benny. All right, everybody out there. So um, we talked, we had uh, Thaddeus Stevenson on um, two, three weeks ago. We're talking about the old memories of the restaurant. And he and Jasper had the idea of maybe they could throw this dinner together. And so the details are set and reservations are being booked right now and will be done probably in the next 10 minutes. So that's at uh, jasperkc.com. You can make reservations online. Don't bother calling them or us about that. That's strictly an online function. So thank you, uh, Jasper, and thank you, Thaddeus, for all your input on that. Today I have two guests in studio. The first is Jeff Wright. He's a longtime listener. And Jeff uh, Jeff Wright, thank you for being here. Yeah, uh, it's great to be here. Well, good. And so, um, Jeff, uh, I've spoken to Jeff a few times via email and on the telephone, and he's, for some reason he thinks his brother-in-law is interesting enough to, for me to have on the show. And, um, uh, well, uh, Joe McCabe, welcome to the show. Yep, you're all set there with the red button. Well, thank you very much. I mean, you know, I'm, i got to go back to that Stevenson's thing. Yeah. That's going to be huge. Oh, that, that, that's going to be. What they should do is treat it like an Eagles reunion tour and just <laughs> jack those tickets up, and they will get it. Well, you know what's interesting? Je- Jasper has an amazing restaurant, probably one of the most successful restaurants in Kansas City, and he could book up every night of the week doing what he's doing right now. You know, I mean, it's just if you want a high-end Italian meal, there's no better place to go. But he still makes – he carves time out of his schedule to, 
to take up part of his dining room to do an event like this. But, you know, you talk about Stevenson's and and restaurants that you love growing mm-hmm. up. That was kind of one of our special go-to restaurants. Oh, yeah. We had a special yeah. event. We Why would was go it out special there. to you and your family? What? Um, my dad married a country girl. Okay. And she kind of liked that old. Whoops! Old-fashioned food. Okay. And so it was just number one. The food was really good, and it was just kind of like a Sunday treat. And boy, bringing up the uh, thought of those apple fritters, yeah. and that apple butter. What was your main um, dinner dish that you liked? To I get was there? a kid. I don't oh, know. You don't know. Probably the kids' meal. Yeah. But, but I just remember it being really, really special. Yeah. You know, and that's a big deal. You know, the family memories. You know, the parents wanting to go there and yeah. things like that. But that's that's neat, and that's I'm thrilled that Jasper that they pulled this together. Because this is going to be the first time that I've ever seen this done by anybody, you know, bringing back an old restaurant and reviving it, even if it's just for one just meal, for a day. just for one evening. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's you know, it takes somebody special like Jasper to have the skills and the people and the facilities to pull something like this off. Yeah. So it, my hats off to him. Good job, good job, Jasper. All right, so Joe, um, let's go back. So your dad um, owned a rest bar, and that was called. Romanelli's. Romanelli's Grill. And that was, what, 71st and... Warnell. Warnell. Okay. Uh-huh. So now that good was... good old Waldo. If I remember right, you worked there at nights. What was your day job? Um, well, actually, um, when I worked there, that was... I was in radio before that. Right. Okay. So it was before that. So yeah, when, when in, did you work at KY 102? I was there from 1976 to 86. Okay. You know, that's, I, I absolutely love that. You know, the KY 102 back then and oh, the all the personalities years, and, and magic in the bottles. Oh, yeah. There. You know, and that's, a I, I think place. that was the first time your name probably came up. We we're talking about, I had uh, Pete Enoch on. We we're talking about some of the old uh, DJs yeah. from KY 102. And well, we were kind of in a lucky period there because um, number one, it was rich for music and we played a lot of music. But then when you added with um, the attitude that KY had, Made all the difference in the world. And we had tremendous, tremendous talent yeah. that went through there. So, Oh, you mean DJs or musicians? Uh, well, the on-air staff, the oh, DJs. Yeah. But you know what? Skid Actually, the sales staff contributed quite a bit to uh, the contributions of KY. Okay. It was a station that just got entrenched in the community. Yeah. We wanted to be the most visible radio station in town. That was our goal. Yeah. And uh, we were everywhere. And we also played some great music, so it was kind of yeah. a nice combination. So, and back then, there was no internet. There really wasn't that much radio competition either, yeah. doing what we did, because we were we were kind of leaders in doing I mean, a lot the of public things. outreach, that was a big deal back then. Oh, being in touch with the public yeah. was, was what it was all about. So who were some of the, so um, if I remember, I, I hope I don't get some of these names wrong, but I remember Skid Rohde, Hannah oh, Guthrie. I'll leave out so many names. Yeah. You got to start with Max Floyd. Okay, I Max, mean, he oh was yeah. The king. He was the king. He was the guy, the brains behind it. And uh, he actually partnered with our general manager, Bob Garrett, who was a very creative guy. And together they put together this vision and this on-air product and Dick and Jay came from there, Stan Andrews. Uh, you got Skid Rohde and mm-hmm. uh, Katie McGuckin, Frankie. Oh, I mean, I, and All those names, I just, uh, the, the memories just come flooding back. And I got to mention Vaughn Mack, the all-night guy who was there for 20-some years. He was just an amazing guy. But that was the early years of KY. Right. And I left in 86, and a lot of great people came after that. Some people like... Slacker, who I'm sending prayers out to right now because he's fighting leukemia. Okay, I'm sorry to hear that. Um, but Tana Guthrie, yeah. uh, just a lot of other guys that I did not get to have a chance to 
yeah. meet with. But all right, so before we get back uh, onto the topic of food, did you meet any rock stars, band yeah. singers? Yeah. Do you have any good? Do you have a good story you can? Now that statue limitations is up. Um, we were at a summer jam, and I was getting ready to do my uh, first stage announcements. I'd done some announcements like at One Block West and all that, but I was going on stage before 38, 39,000 people. And to be honest with you, <clears throat> I was a little bit nervous about it, and Van Halen was the opening act. And they had just come out with their album, and they knew they were going to be good. And at that time, I was working 10 to 2 at night, and I knew they were going to really rock that audience. And um, they're 10 minutes late, 20 minutes late, and Chris Fritz is getting vivid. <laughs> I'd use another word, but yeah. he was going yeah. nuts. And about another 10 minutes later, he says, blanket, get your equipment off the stage. They are done. They are done. We don't need them. And the next thing you know, they come out of the Royals bullpen, and they're just giddy as all can be. I mean, they're just all hyped up. And, and they get on that stage, and they blew that crowd away. And it's like I'm looking at those guys being as loose and as fun as, that they're having. Doing the stage announcement was a piece of cake after yeah. that. And here's the deal. Poor Eddie Money had to follow them. And Eddie Money <laughs> is a good performer. Yeah. But Van Halen is Van Halen. Yeah. And Eddie Money is nice well, little you know, Eddie Money. You know, uh, every band has to start somewhere. So yeah. no matter who the singer is and the band is, they open for somebody. Yes. You know, and you got right. you, you really feel bad for the main act on those nights. Well, Van Halen knew they were the main act. Yeah. <laughs> they did. Oh, that's funny. Well, you know, it's um, you know, it's it's fun. Did you get to meet any stars? I mean, oh, yeah. like like who did you meet that was the the persona in person was different from what you would have thought? Um, well, the first person that not the first person, but one guy that I met was uh, back then John Cougar, John Mellencamp. And Max heard his uh, song on another radio station. He said, we got to play this. So we put it on and it took off. And excuse me, a little froggy this morning. And anyway, we bring him in for a dollar two cent concert at the Uptown. Well, it's sold down immediately and everything goes good. His career is taken off. Everybody across the nation is all of a sudden playing his record. And he comes back into town the next year. Biggest butthole out there. I mean, he just changed from one year to another, yeah. which was crazy. Eddie Money, on the other hand, one of the nicest guy you'll ever know. Yeah. The one that really got me was uh, Pete Townsend of The Who. I was never a big Who fan, but I knew I was going to have the chance to interview him after the uh, show. I was never more nervous in my life. For some reason, he intimidated me. I interviewed a lot of bigger stars, but he just... I don't know, the nerves just kind of got to yeah. me. So we're sitting down, and uh, they bring him this cognac, which was, you can't see it on the radio, but it was a very healthy cognac. Yeah, that and, looks like a, a beer stein that you're yeah, holding and up. And then they, uh, I, they say, what do I want? And I said, just bring me beer, I'm good. So they bring the drinks, and they bring me a ginger ale. And Pete goes, well, that's not a beer. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, go get him a beer. And after that, it it turned out to be a really good interview. Well, that's good. Well, you yeah. know, it's um. So I'm thinking back uh, two, three weeks ago. I had a my guest was Dwayne Doherty. He did some catering at, out at Knucklehead. Huh? I heard and, that. Yeah, and he told the story about that was uh, Merle Haggard was there, and one of the the stage people came over and says, "Hey, we need to get some food." Is that the end of the show? And Dwayne says the talent doesn't pay for their food, so gave him a whole bunch of food. 
Well, Merle Haggard saw that, heard that, and came out to go talk to him. He goes, anybody that takes care of my people deserves a thank you. So he told him thank you and signed his apron for him. And yeah. it's just neat to see sometimes some of these stars, you know, when the, it goes, the power goes to their head. And well, then, he just made the food and gave it to him, right? He didn't oh, yeah, charge him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, see, that's cool. That's yeah. cool. Yeah, you know, and that's, I, I, that was a neat story. You know, that's why the old school legends like Merle Haggard and things like that, people like that, they're, they're out there. You know, the stories to be heard. And I, I love hearing that. And the thing you find out about uh, most of the stars, most of the good people, is they really don't want to talk about themselves. I mean, some do, really. Yeah. That's all they want to talk right. about, promote themselves. But when you get into the person, if you really want to have a nice conversation with them, you find a different topic. Yeah. Like uh, Bob Seeger. Yeah. You talk Detroit Tigers baseball, he's all in. He's into that. you got to find their button. You do. Their hot spot. Exactly Good. right. All right, so now my listeners want to know about Romanelli's. So what, was what made Romanelli's so special? Why do people still remember that? Oh, you know what? I was thinking about that, and it's like you really had to experience to know what it was really like. It was just a different place. A, a lot of people, and I hated it, but they compared it to Cheers. Okay. I've seen and that. I don't know why I hated that, but really that's probably the best analogy. It's like when people walk through the door, it didn't matter how much money you had in your pocket, if you had a lot, if you had a little, what your stature was. When you walked in, you checked your ego at the door, mm -hmm. and everybody was the same. And it was just, as my dad said, it was just a local neighborhood joint. Yeah. So you had, uh, you, it's in Waldo, which is a great community. Brookside's right there, Prairie Village, Leewood, Mission Hills. It was a really nice local place to go and get good food and um, cheap liquor, <laughs> to okay. be honest with you. So that... The name Romanelli's have come up several times. I'd say most of those was in connection with Mike Murphy. I've talked about Mike oh, Murphy really? all the time on my show because yeah. it's I loved his radio well, show. Well, Mike and my dad were pretty good buds. Okay, and I actually, when I got to work in there, I got to know Mike quite well. Mike had settled down by the time I got to know him. <laughs> what is my the, dad kind of knew him in the more wild years. Yeah. Well, you know, I heard story. We we oh, we all heard stories here. Uh, Pete Nick was talking telling stories about oh, yeah. me and Grigsby and. Yeah, now, uh, now there's a crew right there. Yeah. If you want to talk about, if you wanted to go out and have a good time and a few cocktails, that's a trio that you would want to go out <laughs> Oh, really? With. Yeah. So, so they, they, I imagine they didn't sit at the bar, right? They sit at a corner table or something? Or they grab a table or, yeah. or do whatever they want to, yeah. yeah. So uh, your dad really hated that uh, comparison to Cheers, or was that you? Me, because I thought, come on, let's not go that far. Because Cheers is a number one hit show and everything. Though. Yeah. But it really was. I mean, you walk in there. The neat thing about Romanelli's is we had that U-shaped bar when okay. you walked in. So you can sit on this side of the bar with your, my buddy Jeff, and then you're about just a few pee-pants where you are. So Jeff and I can be talking and all that, but I could be talking to you as well or people down the other end of the bar. So it's really oh, easy yeah, to Oh, yeah, so this is nothing like Cheers. Theirs is more C-shaped instead of U-shaped. Yeah. It was, no, ours ours was a, a straight U, and yeah. that really, really made a difference. Well, that was part of the beauty of Cheers, too, though, yeah. is that you'd have you know some of the, the guests at the bar talking to each other, sharing stories. But the thing about it was you had a lot of regulars. I mean, it was mostly regulars, to right. be honest So that's nothing it. like Cheers, which was all regulars. Yeah, so, and when you walk in, it's like I would know Robert, I would know Jeff, and you, or yeah. you would know somebody. You okay. Know, you wouldn't see the same person every time, but— yeah. When you went in, you would you would know somebody that that's in there. And if you're a first timer, if you come and sit at the bar, well, you're going to have a friend by the time you leave right. because they just want to talk. I mean, yeah. it was just 
it was just real people. Yeah. You know, with no egos and just having fun being loose. Yeah. You know, I, I think that's one of the things that we miss as a whole. I th- You know, there's still bars that do that. But I think that was, um, I think we were more open to that concept back then than we are now. Well, you know, back then, now remember, my dad bought in 63. So you go from the 60s to the 70s, 80s, 90s. We see all the culture change. Mm-hmm. But back in the 60s and 70s, those folks, they worked hard. I mean, right. they worked hard for their money and everything, but they played hard too. Oh, yeah. You know, they were not afraid to play. So yeah. you, you have that combination and you get loose. and Yeah. Well, good. So did they serve food there also? Why? Well, I, well, I know they did because there's one dish in particular that, that Roman Romanoli's was famous for. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah food was... Uh, Seventy-five percent. Okay. Of what we did. Right. So, why was your catfish so famous? Uh, it was one of the few places where you could get it. Uh, number one. Uh, number two was obviously very good, and also um, I'll never forget this. Uh, oh, my dad told me this story that a guy came in with about seven or eight catfish and said, "Joe, why don't you try serving these? Help me out." He was a food salesman. And Dad liked the guy, and he said, okay, I'll put him on the menu. And so they served him up, and they served him up right, and they sold him out. And my dad next week said, ah, give me 10 more, and we'll, we'll try it again. Well, it just mushroomed and mushroomed and mushroomed. And you also had a lot of, uh, and I don't want to be unwoke in saying this, but you had a lot of Catholics that came in, and they liked fish on Friday night. So on Friday night, we went through some catfish. We would just barrel through that did you have to make special arrangements to be able to meet that kind of demand we had antoine's antoine's on the boulevard in they talked about their shrimp you know when they did when they did that yeah. that they'd have to bring in like 300 pounds you know jeff mentioned antoine's the other day and it brought back memories it's like how could you not forget antoine's and going in and see that shrimp going out in those plastic, those truck plastic trucks yeah i mean how cool was that yeah right but yeah, we did have to make special arrangements. We had a spe- dad had this special bin made. Oh, it was about twelve feet by four feet by six feet deep, and it was fresh fish. And the key was you put down a layer of fish, or excuse me, a layer of ice, layer of fish, layer of ice, layer of fish, layer of ice. So that way you could keep it and it stayed fresh. So we had to have a special accommodation mm-hmm. to to keep that. Yeah, but we could go. Average on a week would be anywhere from four to five hundred uh, fish, and uh, I remember one Saturday night or Friday night we sold over five hundred and fifty fish. That's crazy. That's a lot of catfish. Oh yeah, for a little joint like that. Oh yeah, oh that's crazy. Yeah, and so you had a walk-in cooler that was big enough to hold all we, those cases. Or? Well, this was actually its own separate case. Okay, and so we kept it uh, chilled down with with the shaved ice right, and all right. that. Then we had our walk-in coolers for the other things. Yeah. But yeah, we had to. Well, the logistics is what I think a lot of people don't understand. If you do something that big, you know how you handle that as a restaurant on, on the logistics side of it. Yeah. Well, you know, my dad had a great theory, and I'll talk all about my dad yeah. because he he was the guy who set the culture and the atmosphere for Romanoli's. <clears throat> but his theory was the food going out can only be as good as the food coming in the back door. Correct. So quality is what it was all about. So we got the Delta Pride catfish, paid a little bit more for it. But as our volume increased, we paid a little bit less for it, right. of course. But he just wanted to make sure it was right. Because that was one of the f- earlier catfish farms, if I remember right. You know, getting quality farmed catfish. Yeah, they, they did a lot. 
they did a lot. Yeah. So uh, when your dad started that, was he in the restaurant business before that, or what? No, he got out of the war. Um, was a milkman in Philadelphia, and unfortunately, he and my mom got divorced. And a buddy of his uh, said, "Well, why don't you come out and get a fresh start in Kansas City and come work at Country Club Dairy, which at the time was the dairy in town." And Dad ran the soda shop, and he did that for a while. And then after about a year or so, he got some money together and said, I'm going to buy my own joint and start it from scratch. Okay. And went from there. All right. Well, uh, let's take a quick break. I've got um, to uh, do the bottom of the hour. And I just got a uh, text message from Jasper. There's bad news and good news. Bad news is that the dining room that he had set aside for this event sold out, <laughs> which I already knew that that was happened. He met with his brother. Uh, he and his brother make all the big decisions. And they decided they're going to go ahead and close down the whole restaurant that my, that night and make it a Stevens, Stevenson Supper Club. So now the seating's been bumped up to 125 people. Um, oh, hold on. Jack up the price. All right, so hold on. So he just got a message. They have something else. So we will be updating that as we speak. There, but Jasper is going to make changes so that we can he can expand the seating for this. So we'll be able to do that. So if you're out there and you're trying to get in, just go to the website, and he'll update that and – Maybe they'll take a waiting list or something like that. But so Kansas City and the people that remembered um, Stevenson's, thank you. I appreciate that. It's good to see if Jasper and the Thaddeus Stevenson family are making an effort that we support them on on that. You know, you can do the old concert thing and do a second show. Well, yeah. Well, you know, that's that's because a lot of concert halls are sitting empty, you know, between, you know, the concerts on weekends. It's when you have a, a full-blown running um, operation like Jasper has, it's fine. It's difficult to find excess capacity there you go. that you can book up. So he'll figure something out. J- Jasper's pretty sharp. All right, so for the callers out there, um, our phone number is 913-586-7798. Uh, Sam, let's go ahead and open up the phone line. So if anybody has any questions about Romanelli's or about some of the leads I'm looking for, I'll give that in a couple minutes. But so if you have a random question, go ahead and call in. Uh, just remember, we have seven phone lines and just one Sam Stevie. So uh, it's all call exactly the same time because I know you can handle it. Now, if you love food and want to become a part of the process, be sure to follow Best Regards Bakery and Cafe. The easiest way is, first of all, go to makethemsmile.com. That's our website. We've had that for about 24 years now. And number two is to follow us on Facebook. We have about 15,000 followers on Facebook Anytime I do something new, I'll, I'll, I'll sometimes I'll post questions on there to get feedback, and that'll be the first place that I announce events that we do at the bakery. And if you've also been putting off going to Best Regards Bakery, now's going to be the time to go. If you've learned anything on this radio show, that is not to take anybody or anything for granted. They won't always be here. So if you signed up for the Best Regards newsletter, you would have known that we everybody at lunch this week, today, yesterday, and today are getting something free treat with their lunch because we're trying to reward people and also getting ready to um, head into the weekend. We also just installed a brand new customer loyalty program at Best Regards. It takes about 10 seconds to sign up for it and you'll be able to eat lunch there and get free desserts. So that'll be a good thing. And then the hottest sandwich I have by far right now is our pastrami sandwich. If you go to makethemsmile.com, you can see a picture of it and why it is so amazing. We make our own pastrami. I make my own marbled, marble rye sourdough bread. We also make the Thousand Island dressing from scratch, so that's pretty good. Then lastly, don't forget that Best Regards is your number one bakery for sweet treats. The top three bestsellers on desserts are Carrie's Famous Lemon Bars, my Lewisburg Cider Apple Cider Donut Cake, and then the Cosmic Brownie Cookies that we're now making from scratch. 
So those are all great. So for the callers out there and the listeners, um, I sometimes I'll put a call out for restaurants that I'm really looking for uh, more information on. And there's one person in particular that I'm looking. I'd love to, love to find some member of the family. There's a Gus Reedy that used to own a restaurant here in Kansas City. And so I want to get one or two family members of them to come in and talk about their restaurant. So if there's anybody out there who that might be, give me a call or send a text line or just nod your head in the studio. But I'd love to see if I can get uh, maybe um, Gus's daughter and maybe uh, some other member, extended member of the family to come in and keep the story of the restaurant alive. So we can be able to do that. And so, Sam, I think we have somebody on line one. Let's go ahead and go to Lou on line one. How are you? Good. What can we do for you? Well, uh, years ago, there was a restaurant that was at the, it was on the southwest corner of Ward Parkway Shopping Center. Um, it actually wasn't in the, the shopping center itself. It was it was a, an outside secondary building, almost right across from the Ward Parkway Bowling Alley. Okay. Do you recall? Do you recall the name of that? Was that Costello's Greenhouse? That was on Costello's. Was on the Kansas side. This was on the Missouri side. Okay, I do not. What kind of food did they have? Oh man, you know it was um, uh, just uh, classic uh, American food. It was kind of like bar food. They had a. I remember you would go down. You'd walk down some steps uh, to go inside. The bar was on the left. The restaurant was on the right. Um, uh, and I'm trying to like, I'm trying to remember if I ever ate there. To be honest with you, <laughs> a lot of drinks there, but I remember if I ever ate there. Um, but for some reason, oh, was the, does, the, does um, the name Rubens does the name Rubens come to mind? I don't know. Okay, there's um, I have thousands of listeners out there. So if anybody knows the place that Lou is thinking of, send me a message on the text line. So we can I get, appreciate it. Yeah, so uh, keep listening, and then also look for the – you can listen to the podcast, or I'll put it in my email newsletter next week. Sounds good. Thank you. All right, so I have had another friendly reminder that I need to say the name of my guest. So Joe, <laughs> Joe McCabe, your yeah. dad, started um, Romanelli's. He did. And then you helped work there and run that. You did more of the front of the house. I did. Which is yeah. a little bit easier work than working in the back. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I tell you what. Yeah. And I've had to do it a few times. Yeah. Easiest job in the house is dishwasher. Well, you know, nowadays, front of the house can be a little stressful. Yeah. People are No, the front of the house is where it was at, because that's where the customers were, and that's where the uh, the staff was. Well, you have different personality types. Oh, my gosh. You talk about different personalities. The two very rarely cross over. Yeah. And you were asking earlier about what made Romanelli so special, and it all starts with my dad. And you would have to know uh, my dad. He was uh, he was just, he, I am lucky in that my dad is my hero. You know, there's other people I cherish, but oh, my sure. dad, he's my hero. That's awesome. He was a short guy, about five foot six, and we always kidded him about that. He had the uh, sharpest blue eyes you've ever seen um, and that goofy Boston accent. And you put that package together with a personality that just would not quit. I mean, witty, funny just a fun-loving guy and smart. But the key to my dad was he was the most caring guy, the most giving guy. And he tried to make that the feeling of Romanelli. So he obviously treated all of his customers that yeah. way. 
And he, we, we did our very best to treat all the staff that way. So yeah. he's the one who set the tempo. Yep, and that's one of the things, you know, when Jasper talked about supporting the local, locally owned business, you don't get that with national chains. You know, you can no, only you do get the that. general managers and the people that are hired. Yeah, but when you, know. you have a vested interest, it makes a big difference. And trust me, when you're a, a dad who's divorced with two kids and trying to make yeah. things go, yeah. You have a vested interest to make things go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> motivation uh, definitely there comes, is motivation. In, comes in here. All right, so tell me about the Spencer steak. Somebody just texted in a basking about that. Oh, we just got that from McGonagall's. We, we, we chickened out. Okay. It what, was, what was it called, Spencer? Is that just some, some regular customer's name? Um, you know, that's I don't know the answer to that. Really? I, 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 right. I Well, I think that's what McGonagall's called it. Because, oh, um, is it? Okay. Yeah, because we got all our meats from McGonagall's. Um, the fillets and and the strips and uh, I think they just called it um, Spencer's instead of ribeyes. Yeah, that'd be my guess. I might be wrong. All right. Well, there's a couple of history online groups that I I frequent and talk to, and, and the fried catfish was really popular. The Spencer steak was another big one. Yeah, you know, that people talked about. The onion rings were to onion die rings. For. Yeah, we made onion rings that just aren't made anymore. There's a secret to that. Well, what's that secret? All right, I'll give you the secret. The secret is that you you take your batter and the onion ring and you put them in to, together, mix them up, and put them in a vat or or a barrel or whatever. That's your secret. No. Okay. The secret is right. then you take that and you stick it in the Walker Walken cooler for twenty four hours. Okay. And then you bring them out and then you do the same procedure again and then you fry them and you serve them. And it makes all the difference. What kind of coating was it? A batter or was it crumb it was, coating? It was a flour. Flour. Okay. Yeah. It was. They were the light. They were lights, and but yeah. they they were really good. Were they the big thick cut onions or? Well, we use the whole onion. We're cheap, okay. so you yeah. use the whole onion. So yeah. you get big ones and little ones, but you get a big order. I mean, in. but were they the thick cut slices like Jack Stack? You know, where they're an inch um, thick. I, no, they weren't, weren't okay. quite that thick. Yeah. No. Well, we actually did a whole show on onion rings. Probably a couple of months ago, Rod Gray came in, and we were talking about the different styles. And well, I tell you what, you try that one little trick, and you'll see a huge difference. All right. in how okay, so obviously you went around. So, what was a restaurant that you personally miss from back then that's no longer around? Oh gosh! If you could bring back for one meal, if we could talk Jasper into bringing their food back, or um, it may just be the environment too. Well, he brought up Boots and Coats the other okay, day, right? And it's like I haven't heard that place forever. Yeah, but boots and coats, man. That was, it wasn't a dump, but it wasn't you know fine dining. It was just a really nice place to go to. It was close to where we lived. All right, and, the, and the, the had, first line to description was it wasn't a dump. That's like trying to arrange a date with somebody. Who says, well, she has a great personality. <laughs> <laughs> well, See, this is why I talk about old restaurants and not new restaurants. This way, I don't get in any legal trouble or anything like that. We're on tape, aren't we? Can't we cut that? <laughs> oh no, oh no, I want to emphasize it on the podcast. <laughs> I'll tell you a place that I do Well, miss. no, hold on. Boots and Coats has come up. Uh, uh, Pete Enoch brought that up. He said he used to like going there drinking. So <laughs> apparently they had a good bar, but their fried chicken. Fried, fried chicken, chicken was really was good. Legendary. Chicken fried steak. You know, it was the really healthy food. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, it's, it's it, everything is relative. You know, there's no one food that's inherently unhealthy, depending yeah. how you cook it and things like that. So, okay, what was another one that you thought of? Uh, mind if I get a little somber here for a second? No, that's fine. A uh, place I miss, it's not gone for too long, but the place I miss is the uh, original coaches at 103rd oh. and uh, Warren. Mike Darby. I love Mike Darby. Mike Darby. And uh, his son Brian has coaches out south right, right now. I right. think they're doing really well. There's, but, two, uh, there's two locations over on Park now. Yeah. and uh, 
But there was just something about coaches. And you know why? It was because of Mike Darby. Right. Mike should have been my dad's son because, number one, he was short, which we always kidded him about. Didn't have quite the blue eyes, but he had the same yeah. personality, that same giving attitude. Yeah. And um, you get emotional when you think about it. It's been almost seven years since he was murdered. Has it, has it been seven years? Yeah, and it still hasn't gone to a jury trial. No, I know. It's, that's that's. It's just, but but I, I miss coaches. Yeah, I, I you know and I, I tell you too. what, you should get, you should get Brian or you should get his brother Bob and Billy on. Okay. To talk about coaches. Well, you know that's you good. You have a hook because you would get a lot of reaction to it. I guarantee you. Well, when um, you know we've been in business for thirty years, at best regards, but about thirteen years ago is when we moved to our current location and really started selling things retail. Because we did, we did a bakery and we did corporate gift basket things like that. But when we moved over here, Mike Darby was one of one of the mentors that I talked to that gave me encouragement and said you can do this. And because he was the original, I mean, the coach is still around. It's still fantastic. You know, yeah. the thing you know they still make so many foods from scratch. The food's absolutely wonderful. But it's that's that's a good example of a restaurant that survived the loss of the personality driven restaurant. Yeah. Because coaches bar and grill, just any time that flooded, you know, on 103rd Street when the floods, there would be people there, you know, within within minutes to help help them move everything out, put it up on tables and shelves like that. And that's that's to be able to actually, get that kind of response out of the community is amazing. Uh, there's a couple of flood stories that I can't tell on the air, but <laughs> well, nobody's listening. You can tell. Yeah. No, no. You know, no. Well, you know, it's just um, I can't do that. You know, so I I'll give uh, Brian a call, and so um. Mike Mike Darby's brother, brother Bob. Okay, I'll, and, uh, I'll look him up. Oh, you'll you'll I've have probably a good met time. him at his house at a pool party before, but I don't. It doesn't. Yeah, stick out my. my this is also going hey, back. Hey, I got to uh, not to change the subject, but I want to compliment you on something that you mentioned the other day. Is that about um, you will never use delivery service at your Correct. place? I never will. And Jill and I, my wife, just recently had our first delivery experience. And it was terrible. Yeah. And it was like, for all the reasons you mentioned, number one, the food's not going to be as good. You don't know how long it's going to take to get there. Well, and plus financial implications yeah. of what it is. But You know, and I, I, just so listeners saying, you know, I'm not saying the food's always going to be bad or anything. I'm not making any quality judgments on the food. You know, as a consumer, you can decide. But as a restaurant owner, I will never use that for my reasons. And I appreciate that. Yeah. You know, and it's I'm, so, I mean, there's there's... Uh, people that use that and swear by it, and sometimes that's their only connection with the real world because they can't drive. Uh, you know, more power to you. You know, I'm glad they right. serve that niche. But as a restaurant, I do not use the delivery services because they pull 25 to 30 percent off the top from the restaurant. Right. The restaurant is now allowed to to raise that price by the 25 percent. And I'm just telling you right now, I don't know of any restaurants that has that much extra profit that no. they can pull that out. No, they so don't. even if you forget about that, then there's the fees and everything on top of that. And then the non-delivery. Yeah, then there's delivery. <laughs> and so the consumer's paying extra. So for the consumer that can't get out, doesn't have transportation, I think it's, I'm glad that that is available for them. But for the consumer that's upset at certain restaurants that choose to not do it or can't afford to do it, I just, I just want them to understand why. Yeah, you know, because I I can't do it that way, and then. And, but it's here here to stay. I mean, there's oh, no it, doubt it about is. It, I mean, because it does. There is a good. It's just niche. a personal thing, right? You know, it, there there is a niche for that, and I'm glad it exists for that. But as far as being a general replacement for going to restaurants, every memory that comes up on this show would not be possible if 
if under that scenario. You know, so it, I'm, I'm glad you bring that up because, I mean, that's a real-world thing that we all have to, um, um, to, to worry about. You know, so somebody on the text line agreed that you had the um, best onion rings on the planet. And it's um, Bob Carter. I'm not sure if that's the person who sent that. And then um, talk about Romanelli's. Mike, well, I won't read those names in case they're not. So why was it called Romanelli's? Uh, J.C. Nichols, which owned the area, okay, uh, was a big uh, fan of uh, the Romanelli Studios in Italy. And he would go over there and tour, and they made all these statues. Okay. And, um, in fact, a few of the statues uh, on the plaza are from uh, the Romanelli Studio. So he fell in love with it and um, named the whole area the Romanelli Gardens. And so his plan was you'd have a neighborhood, and they would each have a set of shops with a grocery store, restaurant, and all that. Okay. So it just became Romanelli's there. In fact, <laughs> we used to have a breakfast club on Saturday mornings, which was kind of a strange thing. But the guys would come in, and instead of serving bacon and eggs, it was just the, the customers would do the cooking. And they would bring in, like, briskets or, or Irish stew. Sometimes they would bring in a a whole smoked pig, and they would eat it and have a cocktail or two. Then they'd go out and they'd have uh, go golf or maybe go do their chores and do that thing. And then about 2 or 3 in the afternoon on Saturdays, they would come back, and the, the, the bar would be, be jamming at, at that point. Well, one Saturday afternoon, one of the older Romanellis was in town. J.C. Nichols was uh, the Nichols company was showing him around, and he had this great Italian accent. And he's, everybody's introducing him as, I'm Mr. Romanelli, Mr. Romanelli. And he's talking, he's talking. He says, I want to buy everybody a drink, right? And so bartenders are serving all these drinks, and my dad's just kind of looking like, is, is he going to pay for him? And so, <laughs> hey, everybody, another round, another round of drinks. And so they do. Well, he never paid for him, of course, but <laughs> he had such a good time. And everybody remembered that. And my dad, he didn't care. He thought it was just a good old time. But yeah, so actually, one of the rooms. And uh, they're still there today. So The restaurant? No, the, the Romanelli Studios in okay, Italy. Romanelli, in, okay. In Milan. Yeah, that's got to be one of the more random. Reasons for a name of a restaurant, but that's I like that. Well, J.C. Nichols could do what he wanted to do. <laughs> yeah, he owned what half a Kansas City way back then. He did. All right, um, Sam. Let's go ahead and go to line number one. We have a Dave on line one. What do you have for us? Yeah, hello. Uh, I was <clears throat> wondering. There was a famous restaurant in Kansas City that closed many years ago. It was called the Green Parrot Inn. It was at Fifty Second and State Line, and it was. Considered the place to eat fried chicken in Kansas City, uh, <clears throat> but uh, I wonder if there's any of your listeners that would be old enough to remember going there, maybe as a child or something All right, like hold, that. Hold, hold on a second, Dave. How long ago do you think that closed? It closed in 1955. <laughs> <laughs> That's quite a way, yeah. quite a while ago. Yeah. I realized, but I just thought, well, maybe you have a listener that that remembers it. All right, so so you're asking about a restaurant that closed, what, 70, 68 years ago? Well, let's see how long ago that was. <laughs> yeah, so that was quite a ways ago. All right. 68 years ago, yeah. yes, yes. All right, so we'll go ahead and put the call out there. If there's anybody out there that's probably 90 years old. Maybe 100. <laughs> <laughs> well, when Marilyn May comes back to Kansas City, if she comes on my show, I'll ask her about it. 
That'd probably, be great. That's probably one of the places you went to. All right, <laughs> Dave, thanks for calling thanks in. Thanks so much. All Bye-bye. right. You know, it wouldn't surprise me if I get a text or a call from somebody this week that goes, oh, yeah, I know, I know the people who work there, and, you know, they're still around and they've come on the show. Or my mom went there, my dad went there, oh, yeah. that kind of a thing. Oh, no, because it's um, when I did the Costello's, the show on Costello's Greenhouse, Vince passed away a few years ago. So his wife and two of his kids came in and did the show. And that was fantastic. I mean, the family knows the stories. You know, that, that one person may own the restaurant, but the family members all work there, and you hear the stories, you live the stories. And it's, it was I, the Costello's Greenhouse, I, I love that one. Best Salad bar in town. That's that's what everybody said. Uh, do you remember the Italian wedding soup that they had? I do not. I've heard. Okay. I've heard. But well, if you want to try it, come to Best Regards in the fall. They gave me the recipe. Okay. And I just I made just a couple minor changes to it, but it's the, that'll be back on the menu probably in October. Okay, we'll do it. And so that yeah, they she gave me uh, that's so sweet. They gave me a mason jar of the soup, <laughs> and they you know and and they said here's the recipe. You know if you want to to put that on the recipe and call it that, that I would like that. And said like, I would be thrilled. So that's right up your alley. Oh, it, you know it is. You know it's I want foods with a memory. You know I don't think I've ever made any dish that I've never eaten or heard stories about. You know, because to me, great food should evoke some kinds of memories. You know, and that's, you know, fried chicken's a big one from back then. You know, different things like that. So is, can you think of any dish besides Stevenson's or the, um, you know, that dish that you'd like to see brought back or you miss? Um, gosh, I need to, what about you, Jeff? What are you thinking of? You know, I will give Romanelli's a compliment. Is uh, Mike Donegan used to come in Wednesdays for our fried chicken special. Mike Donegan. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I I wish. That's a pretty good compliment. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, there's about, I I can think of four or five people that I really wish, there's more than that, that I wish I could have had on on my show. And Mike Donegan's one of them. Yeah. You know, there's quite a few of them. I can't really think of Well, you know, um, shoot me a message, you know, because a lot of the guests I've had on the show, they come back to me about something. And um, so we can do some looking into that. And Jasper, I, I, I'll probably uh, get a text from him in the next couple of minutes. He has answered these questions. But Sam, let's go ahead and go to line one. We have, okay, is your name really Norm or did you just throw that in there because the whole Cheers it, reference? It, it really is. All right. Really is. All right. We'll, we'll I, pretend his name really is Norm. What do you have for us, Norm? Um, you know who Ed Rule is? I do not. Oh, yes, I do. The owner of uh, Corner Cafe? Yeah. And I remember his original restaurant down there in Riverside, and he has built a, a nice business for himself. And I'm sure he has a lot of stories because he's one of those guys like you that every morning he goes into his store in Riverside and sits with the customers and uh, talks about things. Do you know Ed? Yeah, oh, yeah. All right, will you do me a favor? Yeah. Go talk to him. Tell him that I would love to have him on my show. Just sit down and tell stories about the good old days and things like that. I'm going to give you my e- email address, all right? Yeah. Okay, Robert at MakeThemSmile.com. No, I'm going to come out and see you because I want to buy some uh, uh, bakery items all from right. you. All right. Well, that's good. We're open until 2 o'clock today. Well, no, it'll be on Monday because my wife. Well, we're, uh, we're, clo- we're close. Yeah, Tuesday. All right. <laughs> All right, everybody in Kansas City know, yeah, you just heard Norm committed. He's going to call his buddy Ed and bring him on the show with me. We're, we're counting on you, Norm. Okay. All right. I'll talk to you next week. All right, bye. All right, bye.
I, I think that would be fantastic. You know, Corner Cafe is one of those few places that are still around that capture. You know, I, I usually only try to talk to restaurants that are gone. It's just a little bit easier, and, you know, I want to keep their memories alive. Right. You know, but then there's a few places like that that I think deserve the attention today because they're not going to be around forever unless we support them. You're right. You're exactly right. You know, and I've, I've had I think a, you mentioned it earlier. You just don't know. No, you don't. You know, it's um, we lost one of my favorite restaurants in all of Kansas City about three weeks ago. It was Genghis Khan Mongolian Grill. I was never there. Oh, see, you know, it's uh, we went there at least once a month. You know, I mean, that was our special occasion restaurant. We'd been going there for twenty five years. You know, as they moved around town, different things, but it was family run. They were sweet. They, gosh, we went there before. You know, when we first got married, before we got pregnant, they remember when we were pregnant with my daughter Faith, and she grew up there, and they recognized her. And when they, it, that was the first restaurant that closed really hurt me down to the core. You know, and it's just, and I decided then, you know, I I went and talked to them the last day we were there. Uh, that day they were open, talked to the owner, you know, Ling, and. It's one of those things that if there's anything to do, if there's any places that are still around that have been around for at least 10, 15 years that still capture that, I want to do what I can to help yeah. preserve that. Yeah, you should. And, you know, in the Corner Cafe and with Ed Rule, that, that, that's one of the good guys. Yeah. And it's you know, just, you were talking earlier about um, things that we miss. Um, one just came to mind, I don't know why, was the Berliner Bear. Oh, sure. The German, is oh, it yeah. still open? Oh, no. No, it's been gone for 20 years. I, my years. wife came to join me. I was getting off early. It was about 7.30, or 8.45 at night. And we said, well, let's just stop by the Berliner Bear and have a, have a sandwich real quick. We walk in, and we sit down, and the lady goes, hello. And she says, we close at 8. I said, well, you know, 8, 7.45, we, we should be okay. I said, okay, well, let us uh, find out what we want to order real quick, and then we'll do She goes, no. It's going to take you time to order. It's going to take me time to cook it. We close at 8. She wouldn't serve us. It's like, <laughs> like really? Yeah. But the food was really good, but it's just like, hey, I'm out of here at 8 o'clock. Yeah. It's the way it is. Yeah. How long ago was that? Oh, gosh. I don't know. 80s. All right. I'll tell you the same thing. I told the caller that when I had Stevens on, I think it's time to let go of that. I'm holding that into (laughs) therapy on the way. Yeah. Well, I had, uh, we did a show on Stevenson's two, three weeks ago, what started that whole thing. And uh, I think the first caller we had, he goes, You know, the food was good, but the last time I was there, the service was really slow. (laughs) He goes, I asked for a drink refill, and then like 15 minutes later, still weren't doing it. He goes, That that really bothered me. And I asked that, So, how how long have you been closed? He goes, 15 years. (laughs) (laughs) you know so i mean that's you know owning a restaurant is can be tough it can be tough and it can be really fun oh without we were we were real lucky at romanelli's you hear about restaurateurs having to work 60 70 hours a week and we didn't have to do that we had such a great staff i mean an incredible staff where it kind of ran itself and if i had time if i wanted to make time to go to my kids events or anything i i did it so we we were we were lucky well, that's good. You know, so um, we had the Dave that called in about the green parrot. I told you somebody would call in or text in. Jasper just sent me a text. He has the original cookbook from the green parrot. It's a yellow book, cookbook, and he's going to try to dig that up and look at the recipe. So I'll probably do an update on that in the next couple of weeks. But So if you want to know anything about food, you just Google Jasper. 
No, no, I just mentioned on the radio, and all this information comes right back to me. And uh, somebody else said that they, um, one of the things they loved about Romanelli's is that you had a lot of longtime employees like we did. Clyde. Oh, Clyde. If Clyde. we, um, and I didn't want to mention any employees on the air because once you start, they, no, that's fine. Well, a listener stop. did that. But Clyde. So you're off the hook. Clyde was there when my dad bought it. He was a porter at the time, and um, which is a busboy. And they were in uh, Romanelli's on a Sunday when we were closed, doing some cleaning up. And um, there was like 50 cents laying on the bar. And Clyde grabbed it and he said, here, Joe, this is, this is yours. And my dad said, from that moment on, I have a guy who I can trust. And Clyde went on to be the, the best cook. Then he got into the front of the house. Clyde did everything. And if we did not have Clyde... Um, I really don't think my dad could have made it as long as he did. That's awesome. Clyde was the backbone. Yeah. He was, he was my dad's man without without him. I really don't think dad could have uh, yeah. made it that far. That's the kind of stories that we look for and we love on this show. You know, some about the old restaurants that we loved and then trying to dig into it and find out why we loved those restaurants. Yeah. Because there's little things. It's, it's the things like Clyde, you know, the, the fried catfish that you had and why you had that. The way people can sit at the bar and they get to know each other. We so, had a lot of employees work uh, more than 20 years. Yeah. I mean, we we try to take care of them as best they could You know, and, then, and um, create that atmosphere. Yeah. Somebody else on the text line says, my dad and his buddies all had their place at the bar. They did. There were certain people. Yeah. Where, there was one guy where if he came in the side door uh, between 10 in the morning and noon, yeah, you didn't sit in the chair. I mean... All right, well, we're coming up to the close of the hour. And so for listeners out there, be sure to come by and see us at Best Regards Bakery and Cafe. We are at 119th and Glenwood in Overland Park. That's two blocks east of Metcalf. We're right across the street from Cheesecake Factory next door to Johnny's. We're open every Saturday from 8 until 2, Monday through, to, Monday through Friday, 8 to 5. But here's the big deal. We are now open on Wednesday nights for dinner through the month of September. So come by and see us. The kitchen will be open straight through. Get the pastrami's, turkey clubs, any of the uh, desserts or lunch that we have. Like a lot of the restaurants that we talk about here on the show, Sherry and I are always there to visit with you and hear your ideas and stories about future shows. Lastly, don't forget that this and all of our past shows are available worldwide on all podcast platforms. Just search for Kansas City Food Memories. Thank you, Jeff. Yo. And thank you, Joe. Appreciate you both being here. Our pleasure. If you learn some more stories, pass those on to me. And thank you, Sam, for assisting on the show. I got the thumbs up. Hopefully I'll talk to you soon. See you next Saturday at 10 a.m. This concludes this broadcast of Kansas City Food Memories.